0: Welcome back to Titanic Minute, your daily podcast where we journey through the movie Titanic minute by minute until disaster strikes. I'm your co-host Rob and joined as always are my good friends Duff and Joe. It's Minute 007. That's right. Now we gotta pay royalties Joe. Yeah. Lewis should be the next James Bond. Ha! It's probably on his LinkedIn anyways. Uh, (laughs) In this minute, guys, Snoop Dogg tightly squeezes into a room. (laughs) Yep. Uh, So, this starts out, we see a doll's head. Um, And I... I
1: kind of looks like the Phantom of the Opera mask.
0: It does. Um, I hinted that we do see this doll again in the movie. And... Um, even though this is from the set, doll faces were found uh, at the wreck as well. So, eh. somewhat fun fact. Not really fun, really sad fact.
1: It's fun that all those children died. At, uh, <laughs> With,
0: well, it's. Clutching say about, their toys. Depending on what, you know, if they were first class, they probably lived.
1: This is true. Uh,
0: if it's Chucky. It deserved to die. That's also true. That's just true, my opinion. There probably. should be a child's play. On Titanic.
1: I mean, if there can be Jason (laughs) in space, there can be Chucky on Titanic. Yeah,
2: Chucky versus Jaws. That's great. That would be the. Speaking of Jaws, that's why I was I was gonna bring this up yesterday. But this these these sequences really need like a Jaws style corpse to float into the frame, just as a quick little jump scare. You mean Big Bird's corpse? (laughs) Yeah, just. (laughs) We just see a yellow feather float through the water.
1: A googly eye just pops.
2: (laughs) It's like big orange, like foot is hanging out from underneath one of the (laughs) (laughs) doors. Then they cut back to the submarine, and Stuplupicus is in there. Oh, bird,
1: (laughs) man.
0: So uh, that that brings me to a, a point here. We kind of are in agreement. I We haven't gotten that far into it, but like this first 15, 20 minutes of the movie are is the low point of the movie. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think it's when everyone dies because that's, that's pretty low. Oh, come on, Joe. <laughs> contrarian <laughs> Joe.
1: Well, <laughs> it's that an, being it, a contrarian? <laughs> 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 I, so, I, w- I actually have an airtight argument. It's not the low point because we don't have to deal with the old lady yet.
2: Mm, true. So... I think this is all neat. Like, you have to remember, first of all, watching any movie minute by minute is deeply stupid. But we know this. (laughs) Second of all, uh, if you were seeing all of this on, like, a big screen in a movie theater, all this footage would be really cool.
1: Yeah. It already is kind of cool, but... Yeah, the models and the footage are very cool. It's it's later when it's just all them sitting around in a room and Rose is telling a story that that's really the low point.
0: Okay, because that's kind of what I was going to get to is that I kind of feel like um, as much as whenever I watch this movie I'm just sort of waiting for this to get through to get to, um, to the actual ship while people were on it.
1: <laughs>
0: I, I do think... I do think watching this minute by minute, there's not a whole lot I would remove from it. Like, you kind of need to set the stage of this wreck stuff is super cool. We kind of have to, you know, start to dig around and see some of this. Um, And a lot of movies would have like a large uh, credit sequence, anyways, at this point. And since this movie is like 15 seconds of credits, um, this is fine.
1: I think it's really good. And this sounds really cliche and hacky, but it, it kinda sets the ship up as a character. I know that sounds stupid, but it really does.
0: It does. Um one of the things I I, I thought I, I read or heard was that when they originally cut this, they had like the sounds of the submersibles and the ROVs and stuff and they to try to be realistic and they were like, Ugh, it's just loud and instead they decided to have it like when it opens so silent and like ghost like that I think does a does a good job of setting that Setting that sort of, like, beginning of sadness of, like, ugh, this is a ship that, like, a lot of people died on. And, like, when you see that, you know, these glasses and you see this doll head, like, it starts to starts to bring that home. Although Brock doesn't get that yet, does he?
1: No, he does not. He's uh, uh, kind of a vulture.
0: No, instead, grave Lewis, robber. Lewis has to tell him, just chill, boss. Just <laughs> yeah. chill. Yeah. <laughs> Have you- have you guys do you do you or anyone you know call
2: someone call your boss boss? No. Like in a sincere way to their face?
1: No, I used to call my boss boss in like a jokey way, like I but yeah, I've never actually called someone boss.
2: Cuz he's he does it like 5 or 6 times in in this week this week's collection
0: of minutes. I find it deeply strange and yeah. inc- incredibly pathetic. I think there's two people you should ever call boss, and that's Bruce Springsteen and Tony Danza. <laughs> <laughs> and Big Boss Man. In the Big Boss Man.
1: <laughs> R.I.P.
0: Um, well, so we have this ROV uh, Snoop enters into that doorway. It's a tight fit. Um, but the Snoop ROV, uh, as we mentioned earlier, was supposed to be just a prop. Uh, instead Cameron just drove into the Titanic and that's the other thing I want to point out not that he went down in a submersible but I'm pretty sure that when he was down there he was the one controlling these ROVs uh,
1: yeah I I think you're right
0: for sure in 2001 for Ghosts of the Abyss he is controlling him in that one yeah I, I don't think James Cameron is capable of letting anybody else be in control
2: of
1: anything <laughs> So, I'm sure he was driving it. <laughs> uh, Can I say uh, this is the minute where we get a uh, a face look at the the ROV and it looks like short circuit? Johnny yes, I
2: five. noticed that too. <laughs> I, I wasn't confident either of you would know what I was talking about,
0: so I didn't say it. That's great. Uh, we also see in this minute, we see CGI fish and they look really good. They still look that really
1: heel good. That eel is CGI?
0: Yeah, that's CGI because they're on a set there. That's I was, CGI.
1: I was going to ask because there's all the the smoke. Huh. Is that yeah. cra- so that crab is CGI?
0: No, the well, so the crab that's the point of view is from the actual Titanic. Okay. But the one where you see that that's I think just a prop, but when you when you see like that fish swim across, that white fish, that's yeah. that's CGI.
1: Huh.
0: And it looks, I mean, like I said, it looks amazing. And I just think of this when I watch this movie and I see the CGI that looks so good. And then I remember two years later, Phantom Menace came out yeah. <laughs> and it did not look good.
1: Or how the the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, which predates Phantom Menace by six years, look infinitely better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's amazing. I, I was going to mention, in Ghost of the Abyss, because um, there's not a whole lot of time that i could talk about it in this movie um speaking of like tragedies and terrible things they went on that expedition in 2001 and so like during the expedition part of the documentary is them like surfacing from a dive and people are telling them what happened on
1: 9-11
0: right like how weird is that to be like oh we're checking out the titanic one of the greatest disasters of all time and then like that day the 9-11 stuff happens that's not a fun fact again that's a sad fact.
1: It's an interesting fact.
0: Um, do either of you have anything else for minute seven? Joe, do you well
2: no, but I don't really want to end on that
1: I have okay. so, I have one thing okay. So we talked about this uh, last week and I can't believe we didn't pursue this conversation to its logical endpoint. We talked about, who almost was cast as Brock Lovett, but we yeah. didn't give our picks for who should have been Brock Lovett. Oh.
0: Okay. So we're going.
1: Okay. All right. So yeah. So let's just say the character as written. Um, okay. But actually, you know what? You know, you can if you want someone older, you can go with that too. So, but
0: this, the the lines are the same.
1: Yeah. Same same dialogue. Let's let's go with the the shooting script, which is more or less what's on film.
0: Okay. I have a pick, and I think he'd be great.
1: All right. And I
0: don't know if his age fits, but it's fine. But I, I'm sort of imagining him from Mission Impossible Three. But oh, what you in the Mission Impossible? No, no. Hold on, hold on. What Stop about it. what about Philip Seymour Hoffman?
1: Yeah, I could see it. That'd work. So he
0: could he could do anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I I imagine like sort of a variation of the character from Mission Impossible Three. Sorry, guys, for bringing up Mission Impossible again. It's
1: already Fantastic. come off like three times.
2: Getting well, you to not talk about it is a mission impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I got a feeling Philip Seymour Hoffman would not have put up with Harry Knowles being jabbering in his ear the whole time. No. This non-actor. He
1: would have yelled at it. To, he would have yelled at him like the mattress man yelling. <laughs> and, and shut, 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 <laughs> shut
2: up. <laughs> that would
0: have been great. That would have
1: been great. Uh, Joe, what do, else? Joe, do you have a pick, or should I go?
2: Uh, I, I haven't quite arrived at one yet,
0: but okay. so if you could go, I'd appreciate it. I've right. got more, too, if you need them. I'm Do another casting. one
1: just because I'm tired of your Mission Impossible nonsense.
0: Okay, uh, Woody Harrelson.
1: Yeah, I can see yeah, that. That's, that's a good, a good pick. Alright, so mine is someone who was probably at the height of their stardom around this era someone who would be very good at coming off as not caring about the Titanic and just kind of obsessed with the architecture of it, I'm going with Mr. Tim Allen. Oh, oh my God. Gosh.
0: That's a terrible pick. <laughs> it is not oh, terrible. Man. It's
1: awful. <laughs> it is good.
0: Come Can on. You, he
1: would be so good because he would not, he would be, he. he would fit in perfectly with Lewis. They would be the two most obnoxious people um, ever filmed.
0: I think Lewis should have been Billy Bob Thornton. Um.
1: But fat Billy Bob Thornton from Tombstone?
0: Yes. (laughs) Uh, Joe, who would you cast as Brock Lovett, Nicolas Cage? Oh, that's a good one too.
1: I like that one. The default answer for anything is Nicolas Cage, and it's always right.
2: (laughs) One of the two stars of Con Air would be my pick: Nicolas Cage or John Cusack. Either one would have been fine.
0: Steve Buscemi would be a good pick too for this. Or he could have been Lewis.
1: He could have been. He could have been Lewis. He could have actually been funny, maybe, as Lewis. Whereas Lewis just comes off as annoying.
2: I would have cast him as Jack.
0: How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> uh, Duff, do you have anything else on this
1: minute? No, I'm good.
0: The only thing I'll I'll, I'll bring out is the uh, the amazing job they did on the set to match the footage that was shot um, at the wreck. You know, like the piano and that fireplace. Like, oh, that like-
1: reminds so, Thank you for bringing that up. I do have one more. Uh interesting fun fact i guess you call it in the commentary james cameron talks about he's like yeah obviously we didn't get inside and we don't know if a piano would be there that we just thought would be really cool i have memories of uh, aging that piano myself with a drill and i'm like what like i just have this image of james cameron in his driveway <laughs> spending all weekend aging this piano because no one else can do it as well as he can we, I mean, there's a
0: lot of those moments in this movie where there are little individual items that he, like, made tweaks to. Yeah, Which is... I mean, it's just insane. It's insane. Did you ever hear the story of what he did
2: on the set of... Was it Alien? You mean Aliens? Aliens. No, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Because he got to start working for Roger Corman... As is the case always with the Roger Corbin movie, there was no money really <laughs> in the budget to do it like one would normally do it. So he went to McDonald's and just bought a, I'm pretty sure it was some fast food restaurant, I'm pretty sure it was McDonald's, and used all the styrofoam containers and one night built like the walls of a spaceship using uh, fast food containers that he like repainted and cut and stuff like that.
1: Wow. That's, that's crazy.
2: So yeah, it doesn't surprise me that that he did that because that's kind of that's kind of how he caught Roger Corman's attention was his ability to uh, to make that, and he spent you know like twenty dollars at a fast food store just to get all the the packaging
0: and stuff. Yeah, I, I wonder how much. So his first the movie I was seeing was Prana Part Two: The Spawning. <laughs> and I wonder how much this influenced Titanic because a scuba diving instructor Her biochemist boyfriend and her police chief ex husband try to link a series of bizarre deaths to a mutant strain of piranha fish whose lair is a sunken freighter ship off a Caribbean island resort. (laughs) More or less Titanic.
1: It's where he got the the bug for diving into the ocean, maybe.
0: Maybe. Uh, All right, well, guys, tomorrow I'm excited because we have uh, to continue our tombstone minute tradition. we are going to have a guest every Wednesday, and uh, I don't know. Tomorrow is uh, uh, Lifeboat Wednesday, question mark? But we have a guest tomorrow.
1: We're having a heart of the ocean on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, guys.
1: <laughs> Was this your last episode, Joe? Are you quitting no. now? <laughs> Just No, it's fine. <laughs> So we'll be back tomorrow
0: with a special guest.